now, from the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. Welcome to the Cheap Seats, everybody. That's the sexiest intro in all of radio, I do believe. And we have the creator of that bumper in here taking pictures today. So if you hear some random tripping, falling, bumping things (laughs) over, it's the beautiful and talented Greta Zanstra who has graced us with her talents and beauty today. How How was Memorial Day, guys? It was great. I beached it. It was <laughs> there's lots too many people at the beach. Don't go to the beach for we Memorial tr- we Day. We tried week. that on the Carolina coast one time on Memorial Day weekend and said, you know what? The week before, the week after sounds like a really better plan. So, yeah. so guys, big news over the weekend. Um, the folks at WBLZ saw it in their hearts to add us to their lineup. So now we are nationwide. Yes. So you can get us in Central Carolina on WDCC, but if you if you you know want to listen to more sports talk radio, go to WBLZ the Sports app, WBLZ Sports. You can find that in the iStore, Store, the Android Store, all the rest of that stuff. I don't know. Did you have as much fun this weekend, Trent, as Tiger Woods? You know, I think at three o'clock in the morning, I certainly did look like he did. When he uh, got his mug shot. All the things that happened and, and, you know, the drinking and driving allegations that proved not to be, dude, that mug shot is going to haunt him forever. Man. That was brutal. And still, how many... How many people would want to trade places with this guy? Dude. Like right now. <laughs> I was talking I was talking to a friend of mine. He came in and he was cracking jokes on Tiger Woods. And I looked down and said, I'd trade lives with him right yeah. now. I'm good. Nedge, he does not mean that. I promise. No, she comes to. She comes oh, to. She comes yeah, but she, she gets to take the place of whoever the new chick is. Not the, uh, not the one that, you know. Caused all Lindsay the ruckus Vaughn. before. I think it's Lindsey Vaughn. Is it? I don't know I if they're, they're still together up. or not. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I think Nedge would be over there in the si- on the side going, uh, don't you take that kind of picture. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she, she would have come got me. That's the difference. Yeah, that's the difference. That's so unless you were sleeping under a rock, you know that Tiger Woods was arrested. Here's the official report from Reuters. The former world number one golfer was reportedly taken into custody around 3 a.m. near his Jupiter Island home and released hours later. This isn't the first time Wood's personal life has made headlines. In late 2009, allegations surfaced about affairs with several women, leading to his divorce. Then a car accident outside his Florida home that rapidly ballooned into a fully-fledged sex scandal. I have made you question who I am and how I have done the things I did. After having his fourth back surgery in April, Woods said just last week that he felt better than he had in years and that he had no plans to retire from competitive golf. All right, anybody think that uh, Tiger Woods is going to play any more golf? That's the first thing. <laughs> Hold on, was that Tiger texting you? Yes. <laughs> I got Tiger on the line. Hey, uh, we'll, we'll get him into next segment. We got a Skype problem or something. There I don't we know. go. There we go. So, Tiger, first of all, let's talk about golf. Tiger is like a non-story anymore. I once you start to have problems with your back like that, I used to say I, all those years in the army, I had tons of friends that had back surgery. Here's the thing: I don't know anybody that's ever had one back surgery and gone a significant period without having to go back out of the sure. life. Once your back shot is gone, and that's the thing people lose sight of with Tiger is that the torque that he created. If you look at, at vintage Tiger video and the way he was able to contort his back with that driver. He's never going to be able to do that again. 
And he's not the type of guy that's going to round out his game and, and become a, you know, a precision target golfer. I think he's done. But here's what I take away from that, that Reuters report. Right. Dude, how can you kick him while he's down? He's yeah, already having a bad like night and he got arrested, but you got to bring up old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, remember when he got his, you know, his back windshield busted out by his wife. Come on, man. Like, yeah, Tiger, Tiger Woods is one of the best drivers of all time. Just not <laughs> at three in the morning during Memorial Day weekend. But yeah, you're right. I saw even the mugshot. I saw that. And I'm like, man, people are trying to get their pound of flesh from this oh. guy and his success. And as soon as I saw it, particularly when I saw that it, it wasn't anything to do with alcohol. Nope. Well, and he wasn't even driving. He had passed out. He had pulled over the side of the road. For 20 minutes. Yeah. And, and look, I had some issues with my back years ago. And thankfully, never had to, had to go under the knife. But while I was being treated, the horse tranquilizers they loaded me up with, I hear people all day on Sports Talk Radio, well, he should have gotten a driver. He should have done this. He should have done that. That's not... You know, a, 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 the process of drinking a couple drinks and getting drunker. Right. If he took a large amount of opioids, his mind wasn't functioning properly. Right. You know, this wasn't a thought process where, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm stoned on these painkillers. There's no telling what the story was. Let it play out. The sad part of that about this is it, that then our society now, you said everybody wanted a pound of flesh. Everybody took to the airwaves. 95% of Americans believe this guy got a DUI and, oh, he's just another entitled athlete that exercised bad judgment. Let this thing play out. You can't undo this type of negative press. Now, when your ex-wife comes and breaks the window out of your trunk with a golf That's club, a story. it's open season. That's a story, and two things stand out to me. Um, number one, I heard somebody on ESPN, did, uh, ESPN earlier saying, it says on the instructions on the bottle of these painkillers. Shut up. Shut up. Like, I mean, even if he read them and he's in that condition and goes out, like, what do those directions do for him? And then also to your point, Chris— he goes and he's unconscious with the um, for twenty minutes in a running car. Why didn't they take him to the hospital first? Check him out, see what's going on. But you know they let they wa- literally watched him in a running car, and then did they take their picture with them before I'm he woke sure. up? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm that's sure the that thing. The, the selfies with passed out Tiger are going to come out. <laughs> but they, that's the thing; he wasn't driving. He was asleep in a car. And what did we jump to the conclusion? Oh, of course he was drunk. He was, he was drinking and driving. He was drunk. Well, and, no, we and didn't And nobody can wait to take to the airwaves to slam him. Not the least of which was the best talking head in all Sad. of sports. Disappointed. Skip, I don't know if we've ever had a greater athlete fall so, so far from, from glory as we've seen this young man precipitous fall. Shannon Sharp there with the genius insight. The guy that played with Ray Lewis with the Baltimore Ravens and won a Super Bowl ring. Ray Lewis that was party to a murder. And you're talking about this guy's fall from grace. Fall from grace? If falling from grace means living Tiger Woods' life, sign me up, dog. <laughs> he was sleeping. I mean, he got arrested. He, he. We've never seen anyone fall from grace. Like we have this guy. Come on, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson spent three years in jail for rape. He was the greatest (laughs) boxer in the history of the world. 
it's not real hard to go find this. You, you're a baseball guy, Trent. Josh Hamilton. Yeah. Good God. Tiger Woods, let's assume for a second that it was drinking and driving. Okay? And I don't, for any, by, you know, by any measure, want to make light of drinking and driving. This was Memorial Day weekend. Sure. How many Americans got behind the wheel after having had a couple at of drinks? At 3 a.m., though. Half of them. He could have stopped drinking at midnight. Well, maybe he should have. Yeah. No, but I'm saying, let's, let's, let's take the prescriptions out of the, out of the uh, equation. And nobody's even suggesting that he abused the prescription medication. Let's say that it was drinking and driving. Is that really rise to the level Shannon Sharp just put it at? No. I mean, it doesn't no. even approach that. If I was Tiger Yes, it Woods. would have been dumb. It would have been irresponsible. But I can think of a whole lot more things and a whole lot more tragic stories with books written about him than what Tiger Woods would have gone through. So, again, if this constitutes a fall from grace – I'm all for it. Yeah. No. It absolutely doesn't. And I also tell Jack Nicholas, come on, s- save it. Tiger needs our help. There was nobody on planet Earth that was praying that he would <laughs> – I'm not saying he wanted – you know, prayed for ill will on Tiger Woods. But I think he'll on. take it, though. <laughs> I think John Daly fell from grace Dude, that, a lot harder right? than Tiger Woods. And, Ty, and John Daly was a Cinderella story. Yes. You know, he was every man. And this dude is doggone near homeless. <laughs> and just think about John Daly watching ESPN <laughs> going, Dang! Yeah. What's up, what? Tiger? You look like hell! DUI, who cares? <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. ESPN came out today with the number one most famous athletes. Who's number 10 on the list? Tiger Woods. He, hmm. I mean, fall from grace for even if it was drinking and driving. Come on now. Yeah, and, and when you look at it, when we fast forward 15, 20 years into the future, you can assume, I think safely at this point, Tiger's not going to win another major. No. You know, he's, his legacy is what his legacy is. But you fast forward 20 years into the future, you and I and you and I are going to be telling our kids that we got to see the greatest golfer of all time. Sure. And I don't care what, what you know, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, Ben Hogan, I don't want to hear it. Tiger Woods would have destroyed them in his prime, and he didn't do this. This wasn't a flash in the pan. You know, we're still clamoring for somebody to come along that will, you know, Make golf dynamic again. Yep. I, I'm a golfer. I watched golf religiously through the Tiger, you know, era. I'd rather watch paint dry at this point. <laughs> and I, yeah, but and I think that is the real tragedy because we didn't get That's to right. see him finish what he his body didn't let him finish the talent that God gave him and what he worked for. We've been cheated from that. Golf has been cheated from that, but it's not because. He got a DUI. And you just said, we, we've talked about longevity before, but you just said we didn't get to see him finish what he started. That's why we, we need to hold off before we anoint people like Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. I've heard arguments, you know, he got off to a hot start, and I'm hearing people say he's better than Willie Mays. What? <laughs> Let's get, do that for a dozen years. Do it for 15 years, and then we'll have that conversation. You know, we want these guys to be that, but you've got to be able to have longevity, and that is what makes LeBron James more impressive because these guys were contemporaries. And LeBron and Tiger kind of came onto the scene in the same time frame. 
LeBron has sustained that excellence throughout this entire run, and Tiger has dropped off. I mean, and it's to a point where it's probably over. And well, it's and sad that he won't be a starter when he's 65 years old at the Masters, like Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer. You know, it's sad. We won't be able to see him do this. I would trade that for him to break the record for number of, of uh, major championships. I'd give that up. But it is sad. But when you look at LeBron James and the physical abuse and the toll that has has been taken on his body, and you look at athletes in these other sports, whether it's Tom Brady, whether it's LeBron James, Michael Jordan, the best at their craft, you have to do it for a sustained period. And one of the more passive sports... Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap all right, welcome back. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, and Professor Trent Nichols. Proud to be a part, the newest members of the WBLZ Sports Network. We're loving this. Yeah, We're we are. This. In fact, when I saw how many listeners these guys have, I was a little nervous. And so coming in here, I was like, oh, how do I stop being nervous? And I, people tell you that picture someone naked. And then I pictured you naked, and I became more nervous. <laughs> Brother, you see me naked, it'll get you running. I, hey, I'd rather I'm just like wondering if you, if you pictured Greta naked. That was where I thought you were no, going with man. that. No, no, no. So we, we were talking about Tiger Woods versus LeBron James a little bit. And the thing with Tiger, there, there's no disputing. Probably one of the best four or five golfers of all time. For me, because I got to see the entire run of his greatness, I, it, I will have to see somebody come along that is better than him to not consider Tiger Woods to be the best golfer of all time. I mean, when you think in terms of what the PGA did and golf worldwide – to bring the rest of the field back to him with the way they change courses, he did things nobody had ever done before, and he changed golf probably more than – I mean, is there any other golfer that ever had that kind of impact? Not in I, I mean, Tiger-proofed courses. I don't remember anybody Jack-proofing courses or Arnold-proofing courses or Gary Player or Phil Mickelson. 
I mean, he was a transformative athlete. Well, and to your point, as we went into the break, has there ever been an athlete ever when it was just a given that they were going to surpass the all-time leader as Tiger Woods in his prime? When he won that one, they were just like, just it's just a win. And I just think that's a stark co- contrast where LeBron is still lurking. And a lot of people, you know, well, maybe Chris is shaking his head like he's disagreeing with that, but he is still lurking for titles. Tiger was right there, and all of a sudden uh, he couldn't be further from actually surpassing Nicholas. Well, here's the thing: is is there is a bit of a correlation with LeBron James as well, too? Sure. Because we've been, you know, we've been conditioned and and sort of. I don't know, desensitized to the hype around these kids coming into the draft straight out of high school. But LeBron came at a special time. He was a, he was straight to the NBA, but the hype surrounding him was at a level that we've never seen before. Right. And I don't know, you know, now with the college freshmen, they have a chance to show that they are not that guy. And very rarely do they go blow the lid off. But for a kid to come from a as a senior in high school with so much hoopla and immediately show returns on the floor, I think that there are a lot of parallels between he and Tiger. Again, though, it's ironic that LeBron, in such a physical game, you know, where athletes drop like flies to blown knees and and torn tendons and everything else, that LeBron has managed to go relatively injury-free and Tiger broke down completely. There's a lot of irony there. I mean, it's golf. Well, sometimes... If you go to the Y, I'm, I don't particularly take the best care of myself, but I'm not aching. I see a lot of these big guys pushing a lot of weight around. They're, t- you know, they look like they're in pain sometimes. So I mean, sometimes your body—it's just what it is. Well, his I frame, think I don't think, could handle the muscle that he put on. I mean, it's almost to the point where I always thought, well, shoot, maybe he's doing steroids. But you bring up the port—he had to be that strong to hit the ball that far. Well, he did, and I, I'm not going to be the guy that says, you know, he used anything illegal, performance mm-hmm. enhancing, no. whatever. But you look at Tyga, t- uh, Tyga. Tiger, <laughs> oh, y'all look like at Tiger. That? Tiger's pretty good on the golf course, I suppose. You look at Tiger and the and his frame and how thin and lithe he was when mm-hmm. he first came, you know, came up. And you look at him, and it's easy to say, "Well, look at all the muscle he packed on, dude." You're talking about the difference between a 19, 20 year old kid and a 35 year old man. Your body changes a lot. You know, people look at me and they're like, "Oh, that's a fat dude." Hey, I wasn't always the fat dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> But what I'm saying is the irony is there, and it doesn't take away from what Tiger did because he was able to sustain it long enough. It is a shame for us, though, that we're not going to see him break yeah. the record. And now we're kind of twiddling our thumbs, and, and we may never have anybody come along that challenges like that. We'll see. America loves greatness. Okay. You know, we love to hate the, the Patriots, and we love to hate the Yankees. But when it's all said and done, we we like our greatness. We like okay. to be able to say we saw the best. We like to root for the underdogs. Well, we also like to root for the underdogs against the greatness. Yeah. But most of us sports fans, we can respect what we're looking at. Well, and like, what does Kevin Love and Steve Kerr have in common right now? Uh, I don't know. They both think that Golden State might be the underdogs. Because have you seen Steve Kerr like transitioning into this LeBron statement? Not underdogs, but Kevin Love's 
Kevin Love's taken a lot of heat from saying, well, I mean, what else is he supposed to say? That, yeah, we're as good as them. We're defending champions. The pr- well, the that's burden, where Kevin, Kevin Love is on the record. He said that. The burden of proof is on Golden State. And Steve Kerr came out in a comment, and he is saying the exact same thing. And Chris DeLambert, I got to give you credit for over a month. You've been saying, "Look, Golden State, just don't don't crown them as the best team that's ever been assembled because they're up against Are you ready with that sound? No, go ahead. They're they're up against Cleveland that is not just a slouch, but you can look at them. They match up really well with Golden State. You sound just like Kevin Love. Let's go, Kevin. The Here's Kevin Love's statement. It's, it's, it's funny to me because, yeah, at the end of the day, we are defending our title. We're, we're trying to, to repeat, which is so hard to do. But, um, no, I mean, I think we, we will use it as fuel. We, we will use it as motivation. But as far as the idea of, like, playing into it, you know, it's tough for me to say that that is the case. I mean, I don't feel like we're underdogs. I think we're, uh, we match up well with them, and I think they say the same about us. Now, does anybody think that Kyrie, LeBron, and Kevin Love sit around the doggone locker room thinking, oh, my God, how are we going to beat those those Warriors? They're so much better than us. Heck no. Dude, I'm sick to death of this, this manufactured storyline. That Cavalier team, if that Cavalier team wins a championship this year, they are in the conversation as one of the best five or six NBA teams of all time. Sure. I, legitimately. You know, to get to two out of three championships, if they win a second one, you got to start getting serious about talking about these guys. And I don't know if it's the LeBron lovers who look at it and they want to create this false narrative that it's all LeBron and he's got no support. I, I don't know what I don't know what the rationale is, but you look at it. We've said this before. You're talking about a Cavalier team that has three legitimate franchise players on it. But I think that's where you look at it because Golden State has how many franchise? I mean, how many? Oh, you answer team. the question. They how have many? Four. No, they do not. Kevin Durant. There's one. Steph Curry. There's two. Uh, Thompson. Clay Thompson. Negative. No. Clay Thompson's not and, a franchise uh, player, brother. Role player. D- role players. They are top shelf role players. Clay Thompson does not ever create his own shot. He's a catch and shoot guy. Catch and shoot guys cannot be the backbone of your franchise. I believe that. I love Kevin or Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson can play on my team. He can be the second or third option. But if Clay Thompson is your go-to, you're going to have tough sled. He's playing the role that he's given, though. Yeah. I mean, he, what in he his fits game? into that role. That's what he needs to be. If he's on a different team, he's a franchise player. I disagree with you. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> many role players come off the bench. We're going to see a lot of role players come off the bench in these finals. They're going to make the difference in these finals because LeBron's going to do his thing. Kyrie's going to do his thing. Love's going to do his thing. I just want to, every once in a while, I want to throw out a public service announcement like I did last week. Kevin Pelton, who writes for ESPN Insiders, hey, he asked, can the Warriors sweep the Cavaliers and go 16-0? and 0? Can I please have his job? Because that's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Insiders shouldn't even exist. But these are two really – Mike and Mike this morning said, in this matchup, would you take Steph or Kyrie? Both of them said, which are you know, admittedly not basketball gurus, said, I might take Kyrie in this matchup. 
You might take Kyrie in any matchup. It's a matter of what you want. You can't put Steph Curry and Kyrie in a box. People are forgetting the guy was the first player taken in the draft. Right. And what more could Kyrie have done up to this point in his career to have lived up to being the first pick in the entire draft? I would let LeBron do be LeBron, and you can shut down the rest of them. They have the pieces to shut down. They're, Cleveland will not be able to stop those Steph Curry, uh, Kevin Durant, Green and Tom. I totally disagree. Nope. I, I, I no. Offense they, is the best defense. LeBron's going to have to. He could score sixty a game, and Golden State will still win. Okay, but, can, but hey, hold, hold on, on Chris. Hold, Chris. I want to make sure we're all. I want to make sure we're all on the record here because I'm not saying I, that Golden State can't beat Cleveland. I expect Golden State to beat Cleveland in a tough six or same game, seven game series, and I do think that the addition of Kevin Durant. Is important. My X factor is Andrew uh, Andre Iguodala. I think Iguodala brings a dimension off the bench that is again going to cause a lot of trouble for the Cavaliers. But I want to make sure that Trent says uh, Trent, you say Golden State in how many games? Five. Golden State in five. I'm going to take Golden State in seven. Because if it gets to a game six, you know the NBA's going to get that seventh game. And what do you say, Brandon? I'm going to say Cleveland in six. People are sleeping on Cleveland right now. Iguodala does a really good job in terms of guarding LeBron and like causing them to change the shots. But Iguodala has been hurt. And I'll just go ahead and tell you now, um, Golden State has not matched up against a team that's going to bring the heat like Cleveland is going to in these finals. I agree. Now, we're in the next segment, I've got a special gift for LeBron and the boys. But for those of you listening to us on WBLZ who aren't familiar with how this works, check us out on Facebook from the Cheap Seats. And you can find this show and everything else we've ever done on SoundCloud at From the Cheap Seats. Follow me, Chris, Chris underscore DeLambert, on Twitter. Trent, what's your Twitter, tr- Twitter handle? Tree Nichols. And Brandon hadn't figured out how to use Twitter. I'm, <laughs> so, I'm just on email, y'all. Just on email. If you have any comments about the show, email us at cheapseatradio at gmail.com. Want to welcome DJ Schleprock into the building. Schleprock. You've met Brandon. You've met Trent. DJ Sleprock makes all this happen. And he's making hand signals at me right now that I just don't understand. Don't forget about Greta. Greta's here too. Greta, you got anything for the masses? We're global. Go sports ball. Go sports ball. All right, we'll see you on the other side of the break. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. 
I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Now, from the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. All right, welcome to the second half hour of From the Cheap Seats. We got a uh, mad engineer that just stormed out of here. <laughs> so if my voice is coming across like uh, um, Alvin from the Chipmunks or, you know, like the Angel of Death, it's him playing with the levels because he's yeah. not real happy right now. I think he just explained to us that it's going to be 3 a.m. or something by the time this gets rendered. But that's okay. That's yeah, all right. Yeah, I don't think you'll ever sound like a chipmunk. You don't think so? Ever. No. Oh, he could do it. Don't challenge him. Schlepprock has got skills, buddy. Okay. DJ Schlepprock, we love you. And I know you'll be listening to this after a little while. So, uh, yeah, you're loved. Anybody got a message for Schlep? Oh, Schlepprock. <laughs> I'll be thinking of you while I'm sleeping. Yes. All right, so this is, you know, I had to correct somebody the other day, or when I was, they, they called me after they saw the announcement on Facebook that we're now on the WBLZ network, yep. and they were like, dude, you're nationwide. No, brother, we're global. Yeah. <laughs> no, couldn't be happier to join the lineup at WBLZ. There's some great, great people over there. Uh, Rudy Reyes is one of my favorites. I've been following Rudy for a while, and he does dig. Awesome work out in California. The only issue I have with Rudy is he's a Pittsburgh fan, mm. and uh, we don't say the names of that football team ever on the air. So back to what we were talking about before the break, Brandon. You, mean you the wanted Steelers? to make a, the Steelers, dude. You're expendable. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, I, I will say Steelers, but in my mind, I imagine that you transpose the second e with an a, and it's Steelers. That's just how I feel about it. I hate okay. Ben Roethlisberger. I hate the Steelers. I hate Mean Joe Green. L.C. Greenwood, Kevin, Rocky Blyer. What about Kevin Green? Kevin Green. No, nah, I like Kevin Green. He yeah. was a Reserve Army officer, so he's, you know, kindred spirit. Okay. All right. So you wanted to make a point about the Cavaliers before we rolled on. Um, I'm, I just want to tell the world how sick to death I am of these guys being painted as an underdog and listening all over the dial this weekend – about whether or not LeBron was going to embrace the underdog role. I've got something for him in a minute, but I want to hear your thought. Well, just real quick, you had made a comment about there's too much time between the finals, the conference finals and the finals. and There is. I didn't agree with you until this weekend. Uh, right. And it I just... turned on ESPN, and I went to the bar to get some wings, and – there's softball on ESPN to the point even when I met up with my 11-year-old daughter, she was like, Dad, for real, softball on right. ESPN? I mean, come on. I guess that's contractual or whatever the case may be. But anyway, you were right about that again, Chris. Bully for me. You're right about a lot of things. I'm just <laughs> – but listen, I have to put – Trent on blast here. He's got Golden State in five, and he said it 
And we were off air, and he was like, well, somebody had to take up for him. I'm like, really? Listen, you, if you match- Wait a minute, I don't, I don't know that we got you on the record. What are you saying? Cavs in- I said Cavs in six. Cavs in six. I've got Golden State in seven. Trent says Golden State in five. Cavs in six. Let's run through really quickly. Let's try to do Very this. Very quickly, because I'm sick of talking about LeBron, Kevin Love, and Kyrie Irving. All right, who matches up with uh, LeBron? Nobody. Andrew Iguodala. Okay. That's the X factor. I'm telling you, that's why that's the difference maker. And that's the guy when they can't keep him any longer because they can't afford to pay anybody, that's the guy they're going to miss. Okay, let's not go through the tired you know, matchup. All right, remember what I said. But let me tell you something. Love, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, they're better than the other three. I'm here to say, Kevin Durant. I agree with you. We talked about this last week. There's too many mouths to feed. Cleveland has been playing together. KD isn't. It's just like I talked to you. Uh, I think I asked you a couple of weeks ago about what are your favorite two condiments, and or I asked somebody else, and like they said peanut butter, which I don't know if it's a condiment, and ketchup. You put those things together, it doesn't actually make for something kind of tasty. Okay. They're two of my favorite things, even though you don't like ketchup. Put KD and Steph together. And you just don't know what you get. Well, Put what you get to this point is twelve and zero through the playoffs. Yeah, which has but, never been done before. But uh, don't get me, don't get it twisted. I'm not trying to gas up this this Golden State team. I am in your corner. When you look at the best three players, I do believe that the Cavaliers have the edge. I'm the one that keeps saying Kevin Love. We forget this guy was a franchise player in Minnesota. Right. Golden State was about to send Clay Thompson and a bunch of picks. For Shoulda. Kevin Love. Kevin Love now is finally playing at the level they expected him to play at because he wasn't a role player before he got there. It's taken two and a half years for him to get there. The question I have going into this series is, what's the matchup look like between Tristan Thompson or Kevin Love and Draymond Green? Because Green's only going to be able to check one of them. Durant's not going to check either one of them. Not worth a dog on. I'm sick of hearing that Kevin Durant's playing defense. No, he's not really. He's trying finally. Yeah. But Draymond Green can be neutralized if Tristan Thompson or Kevin Love push him the entire game. You don't need to focus on Draymond Green. Draymond Green is this player that everybody said, oh, he did the flagrant fouls. This guy's a knucklehead, kind of dirty, in my opinion, anyway. But. Just let him do his thing. He's got to guard somebody. And going into the last break, I was trying to say that sometimes a good offense, a great offense is the best defense. Golden State has not had to defend a team like Cleveland, not even close. And we talked about how weak the East was. The West was just just as weak after all the injuries. After all the injuries, Kawhi goes out. You had – an injury, uh, I guess some kind of injury to Harden's brain where he just checks out. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that because that's what I was thinking. There weren't any injury. Nobody sprained anything. But, yeah, James Harden sprained his brain. The table was set. I, I Look, stop. The West is still superior to the East. I'm, not I'm telling that. you, Oklahoma City would have been playing as a two or a three seed in the East. Not. I'm not going to question that. I don't think I don't think there's there's 
parity between the two conferences. But your point is well taken that Golden State hadn't played a team like this, and they haven't played a team like this because this is a legitimately, truly special squad that the Cavaliers are rolling out of that. And we're just pretending that this is not the grudge match. You know, yes, Kevin Kevin Durant is indisputably an upgrade over Harrison Barnes. But let's not pretend that Golden State was playing with four players before Kevin Durant got there. Right. This game or these games are going to hinge largely on whether or not Golden State shoots the three well. If they come out there and they shoot at a 55 or a 60% clip from three, which they're capable of doing on occasion, sure they are. nobody can beat them. Anybody, ever. The Monstars can't beat them. So if they can do that, they're going to win. Yeah, I mean, it's just If like, they come back and they play and they shoot at a normal, human, rational rate from three-point land, they're going to have a problem. Yeah, if Duke can hit all their threes, they're going to the national championship. If they don't, they get beat by Mercer and Raleigh. Yes, all I mean, of that. Now, here's what's going to give I, – I, I, I love LeBron, and I want to give him a – I want to dedicate a song to him. And I'm not going to make you sit through the entire thing. And you guys don't know what's coming. We're going to have some fun with this. But me and my kids, this is special to us. So if my children actually listen to this show on podcast, because when it's broadcast, their butts ought to be in school. When they listen, they'll recognize because the greatest underdog song of all time comes from. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) I can't even do this, man. I. I I don't even know how to introduce this. You just play it. This is for you, LeBron. Get him, LeBron. Wow. <laughs> How long is this? <laughs> <laughs> Justin Bieber and Jaden Smith doing it up. I can't tell you, man, rolling in the in the in the old rover, man. You know it was a sad day when we put the rover down. My fondest memories of that Land Rover was were riding with three girls in the back seat, singing that entire song at the top of their lungs. Huge Justin Bieber fans. They love that song in particular. And the next time you see my 12-year-old daughter, Jessica, she will do that rap for you. And dance through the entire thing. She did it at her sister's wedding last weekend, and it was amazing. I've got it on video. What kind of parenting is going on in your household? (laughs) You broke my heart. I wish all you guys could be in the studio and watch Chris, his choreography. (laughs) Like... He's, and this is one of those situations where he's like going, oh, it was my daughter. And it's all about him. It's about him singing, choreography going on in the house. 
Look, that's <laughs> from the remake of Karate Kid, Jaden Smith. He's a horrible actor. <laughs> that just got <laughs> Jaden. I don't even know where to go. Speaking of <laughs> Karate Kid. You just wipe that Jaden Smith on, and I can't wipe it off. I wish I could wipe off. Dude, it's on the internet. It's forever. Okay, whatever. You can't ever listen to this show again without hearing that. I'm I'm loving it, man. That's That goes out to LeBron James. Okay. Keep reaching for the stars. Hey, listen. This guy, LeBron James, has taken two teams, two separate teams, to four finals each. Now, when he was explaining that, he acted like he was having a hard time remembering. It's, it's so funny. I think it's been like, I don't know, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive. He makes me laugh when he makes statements like that. I think that's why some people like don't like him because he, you know, he, he just sounds like he is kind of fake sometimes. But two separate teams, each one, four finals each, that's incredible. Nobody else has done that. It is incredible. It is incredible. And we're not, I swear to God, this is not going to devolve into that debate one more time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seat. Thank you, Greta Zanstra, Kristen Lambert, Brandon Atkins, and Professor Trent Nichols sitting here talking a little bit of basketball. I said before the break, I swear, I swear this will not devolve into a LeBron-Michael Jordan debate. So from this point forward for the next hour and 15 minutes, no one is to say the name Michael Jordan from this point forward. Is that a deal? Of course. Cool. All right, bet. Now, I want to talk about this, and I, and I want to talk about perspective. You know, I'm a perspective guy. You know, greatness. You got it. You got to qualify it. We're talking about this Golden State team, and yes, they have two franchise players that I will grant you, Trent Nichols, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. If I'm building a franchise, I can build a team around those two guys. We've already seen that because the team in Golden State was built 
around Steph Curry. And let's not get confused. Steph Curry is the star on that team and Kevin Durant. Now, Draymond Green and Klay Thompson, to call them role players is unfair. Those guys are excellent players, even star players. I don't know that their talents rise to the level of franchise. I don't know that I'd call those guys that. Here's the thing. Well, this might be the greatest team of all time. Really? What about the Celtics a few years ago? You know, we've never seen four players this good together on a team as Curry, Durant, Thompson, and Draymond Green. I got Paul Pierce on the line. He, Kevin Durant, or Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Rondo might want to argue with you about that. Yeah. You look back at the Showtime Lakers. There have been teams like this before, and I've got news for all of y'all. Golden State better enjoy it while it lasts. They've got control right now, and they've got four players that are together. But there's some teams about to make some moves. Sure. They're going to make some moves. But to put this to bed, we were talking about Kevin Love. I don't know if I told you guys this, but as part of my conversations, y'all were out gallivanting around doing cool stuff this weekend. I was not. I was working. Honey I was getting dude. ready. How long not is that honeydew, man? Dude. <laughs> it's, it's, it just goes on and on. It's endless. But here's the thing that I just recognized. We have no idea how long is left in the segment. That's going to be fun as we get to the, to the uh, break. Here's the thing with, with Kevin Love. Kevin Love is the most underappreciated player in the NBA right now. Mm. For good reason. He came into Cleveland and was expected to be an equal part of that triumvirate. It's fair to say he fell short of that. This year, though, watch Cleveland play. Kevin Love legitimately takes games over on occasion. I was supposed this weekend to have gone on to the Rude Dog Show out in California and co-host with my boy Rudy Reyes. Technical issues, man. Mm. I don't know. Something in the system. Something wasn't working. I don't know. Anyway, his topics this week were all about the NBA Finals, and he had some interesting points to make about Kevin Love. Now, instead of just getting me to contribute on his show, he's about to get all three of us to contribute. Okay. I'm certain, and, and, and here's a plug for him. Check out The Rude Dog Show. That's The Rude Dog Show. You can find it on podcast. He's on every multimedia. Awesome show. Every social media platform there is. Great guy out in California, even though he's a Steelers fan, whatever. Um, but I want to I take a listen to a segment because I was chomping at the bit and I was like, God, I wish I was on the air with him right now. And we'll make it happen at some point. But um, he, he, he asks some really good questions about a lot of different things. Great players like LeBron James, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. Kevin Love's not great yet. I don't. I don't think he's. He he's he's right there. It depends on what his performance is in this series. Will he take it to the next level? Will be he? Will he be the dominant, showing his dominance inside of the paint? Can he do it offensively? Can he be the assist factor? I believe he can. He has the ability to do it. He's shown it all season long on what he can do. Where will he show? Where will he need to be? If the Cavaliers somehow find a reason and find a way to make this a series and to take it to seven. All right, a couple of points here. We know this is a showcase for LeBron James. 
This is a big challenge. I'm not even willing to call it the biggest challenge he's faced, given what he's done the last couple of years and some of the adversity that he's overcome. But LeBron is running out of things to prove to people. <coughs> the other guy, though, in this series, I think, that has something to prove is Kevin Love. Sure. Because Kevin Love has done this in the glare of that spotlight coming off of Kyrie and LeBron, and people don't realize he's a pretty doggone good ball player. Yeah. Sort of the Chris Bosh to the Dwayne Wade, LeBron James Heat teams. He's that third guy. He's a glue guy. When they need him to blow up, he's arrived and he's done his thing. So I think that LeBron is is definitely the the focal point. But this is a chance for Kevin Love to put himself into the conversation as being a legit part of one of the great all-time teams. What are your guys' thoughts? T. Nichols? All right, I'll go ahead and go. Um, what did you see in Game 5 of the Celtics? What I, I'll tell you what I saw. Kyrie, not, who's used to deferring to the best player who's ever lived in LeBron James, he took over parts of that game. He went bananas. And people are standing in line, and one of those people are in line is Kevin Love. They're looking to see where they can actually take over. Kevin Love is a great player. He's a superstar. But he also knows kind of his role in this offense, and he's waiting for his turn. You know, Kyrie said, no, we're not going to a game six Kyrie took that game over. LeBron came back later. And then you hear the commentators going, well, you know, Kyrie finally felt comfortable enough to go ahead and take this game over. Well, maybe this parlays into Kevin Love doing the exact same thing. He's got the ability. Um, I don't know how much defense he likes to play, but Lord knows I wouldn't want to guard that guy when he gets hot. And maybe he gets that confidence. Maybe they have had that conversation where – Hey, uh, LeBron's getting a little into his career. Maybe he goes, "All right, Kevin, if you got it like that, you go ahead and go go with this." Go I think that's it. the. I think that's where they're at, and it kind of goes back to the point that you've made over and over again about Kevin Durant. I don't think it's as dramatic as you say it is, but Kevin Durant is in his first year with Golden State. Right up to this point, it has it, it's worked, but they haven't faced any adversity yet. And when it comes to crunch time, when they've got to get a bucket, maybe you're right. Maybe the fact that Kevin Love and, and LeBron and Kyrie have been together for three years trumps the fact that Curry and Durant have only been together for a year. Well, a few weeks ago, you said when you were playing pickup games way back in the middle medieval ages, Here we go. way back in the day, <laughs> everybody was wanting to go to the 10, right? Yeah. Steph Curry has made a case that bad three-pointers are a huge part of the game in the NBA. You're, not everybody is Steph Curry, okay? Um, he is just – it's incredible what he can do in terms of from shooting. But he's Dale Curry's son who's just a natural three-pointer, and he's taking it to that next level. Well, you, you add somebody like KD, they're standing around the arc all wanting to get some of that three-point love – I really don't think they have anything down low for Cleveland. So we'll just see how it goes. But I'm telling you, um, Kevin Love can take a game over. I fully expect him to at least take one of these games over in the finals. And I think it, I'm, 
two years ago when he came, Kevin Love was probably thinking, I don't know if I should have done this. I mean, there was all sorts of controversy, and it took them a ton of time. Then he got injured. I mean, it, it's taken him two years to actually probably feel right. like he belongs and build that relationship well, and with I'm sure LeBron that there was, and Kyrie. I'm sure that there was some internal doubt, too, because I'm going to tell you, there have been times over the last couple of years where I look at it and I'm like, God. Imagine if Andrew Wiggins was on that team. Hmm. I don't I mean people would. forget Andrew Wiggins got traded away as the in that Kevin Love deal, and Andrew Wiggins is a heck of a ball player. They have finally, with what I've seen down the stretch from Kevin Love, gotten to the point where I'm like, "Yep." Yeah. Well, Kevin Love has been playing the defense down in the post better than he ever has yeah and he's he you know coming out of college ever coming out of college he was one of the best passing big men i've ever seen in college basketball that started to show itself he's asserted himself and i'm gonna be honest with you looks like he's lost a little bit of weight he looks a little bit leaner a little bit more athletic but one way or the other kevin loves playing ball and the takeaway from this series when we put our heads down to go to sleep after whatever the final game of this series is one of these teams is in the conversation at that point as one of the five or six greatest NBA teams of all time. I honestly believe that. That's how good I feel the best three or four players on each of these teams are. I don't buy in that Golden State is a super team and has four franchise players. You're allowed to. Nor should you. Now, I'll tell you also, too, James Jones is on this team. If you know (laughs) basketball, this guy is actually – I know. If you're on, if you watch Game Five, they roll, they strolled out a five of bench players. They're like no slouch. They have Darren Williams that's making two hundred sixty thousand dollars a year just to get a ring, and that dude is balling right now. You got James Jones that can fill it up. This team is deep. How many consecutive finals has James Jones been to? I have no idea. I think it's seven. I think he's been to every one that LeBron has. Has he not from from the Heat now to the Cavs? Yeah, probably I right. think that James Jones. Yeah, I think James Jones has seven straight finals. Did you just see like what he did in Game Five? So, no, I had turned it off long before. But that. what do you think if Golden State comes out and they're hitting fifty percent? They're hitting all their threes. Cleveland's going to revert to trying to match them bucket for bucket Brother, and three, gonna, and they're not going to be able to shoot I'm like that. I'm going to tell you that. right now, if, if Golden State in each game that Golden State shoots plus fifty percent from three point land. And it'll happen at least once. They'll win that ball game. Yeah. Nobody can beat them when they're shooting the nope. ball that way. You have too many perimeter threats, and you just can't cover. Cleveland can. Nah. Cleveland can what? But Cleveland can't shoot that. Cleveland can beat them if they shoot better than 50% no from three-point land. I, I just no don't see how you can do it. Are they going to be able to do that for an entire that's the, season? That's the question I'm asking, Brandon. Year. Okay, well, then the answer is no. They're not going to be able to do it for the entire season. And that's, I mean, I'm serious. For the entire series. That's the, question, that's the question I'm asking. If they can do it four out of seven games, I think they win. If they can't, Cleveland could well get them. Cleveland is better at getting to the 10. They have, the, they have slashers. They have guys that will attack the rim. And we'll talk more about them in the second half. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkin. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show.
You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Now, from the cheap seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. And don't forget Professor Trent Nichols doing the full two hours with us today. He came out of the uh, came out of the cave to sit in front of a microphone. Kind of digging that, man. We got to get this place rigged up though, so you can do it from back over there. We'll hook that up, man. I could whisper in your ears. Ugh. I don't know if I like that, man. You just screwed the whole thing up. <laughs> All right, so moving into the second hour here on the WBLZ network, uh, WDCC listeners, we had a bit ado after the first hour. I miss them already, don't you, Brandon? I do. I miss them really bad. Can, uh, should I send them flowers or should they send me flowers? I think everybody should send you flowers, send dog. some candy. All right, so a lot of ground to cover. We've been talking about basketball, so let's stay on that topic. We're talking about super teams, and at this point, I think it's fair to say that going into this season, somebody stop me if they if they disagree. I think there were three teams that had a legitimate shot to win an NBA championship, and they were the Hornets, the Hornets, <laughs> the Grizzlies, and the Nuggets. No, it was Golden State, Cleveland, and San Antonio. Yes, sir. Okay, now when you look at those teams, I think it's fair to say all of them had what you would call a big three. And with Golden State, maybe a three and a half, maybe a four, okay? The refrain coming from a lot of corners here in the sports media world is that Golden State's broken the NBA. You know, they've, they've got this super team together, they're unbeatable, you know, and they've ruined the NBA. Well, first of all, LeBron started this mess. Mm. I, I see it coming. Look, this is just the way things are structured now. And the and if the NBA Players Association hadn't structured the collective bargaining agreement the way it is, things would be differently. But it's just the way it is. You're going to see teams that can draft well and stockpile a couple of stars go get a third or a fourth star, and you're going to have super teams. That's just how it's going to be for the foreseeable future. 
unless they remove the salary cap and change the system entirely. Didn't the Celtics do it first, though? They got one ring. Well, sure they did. And that's why LeBron went to Miami in the first place. Okay, well, I blame it on LeBron. Why do you hate LeBron so much? I don't hate LeBron, yeah, man. I just I mean, said this is the way the things are going to work. And if it wasn't LeBron and Chris Bosh that had had partnered up to go to Miami, it would have been somebody different. There have been rumors about Carmelo doing that with LeBron or somebody else. That's just how things are going to be. However, there's some things coming on the horizon, brother. Mm-hmm. All right. As we move into this year, into the offseason, let's look, let's fast forward past the NBA Finals for a minute. There are six top shelf potential free agents in the NBA coming coming down this offseason. All right. First of them is Steph Curry. Chances of him leaving Golden State are none. He's not going anywhere. He's happy there. They're winning there. He's he could run for mayor if, if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry's not going anywhere. Kevin Durant, people don't worry, don't realize, is a free agent at the end of this season. I think it is fairly certain that he stays at Golden State, stays out there in Oakland. Anybody think he might take a flyer and go someplace else? I can't think of where. All right, so we're going to assume that he stays there in Golden State. Wouldn't it be a hoot if he went back to Oklahoma City? Hmm. Anyway, so you take Durant and Curry off the board and assume that that super team out there in Golden State stays intact for another year or two. All right? That means you have four top-shelf free agents out there. Trent Nichols, your boy Gordon Hayward, might be the best of the bunch in this free agent class when you look at those next four guys. Mm -hmm. You and I both know where Gordon Hayward's playing basketball next year. Where is it at? Boston. Yes. He can opt out. He is going to Boston. I think it's an absolute deadlock certainty that he's going to Boston. I agree. Now, Boston, when you add all of those role players, and we've bashed Boston a lot and said that they were overrated and that Brad Stevens is a magician and that you know they can beat anybody in the regular season because they out-scheme them. You've got Isaiah Thomas, who's a legitimate star in this league. You've got Al Horford, who's a B-list celebrity when it comes to the NBA. You add Gordon Hayward to that mix, and what? They've got the number one pick in the draft. So whether it's Markel Fultz, Josh Jackson, Lonzo freaking ball. Wow. One way or the other, if they get it right, and you got to love what Danny Ainge does personnel-wise, you add the first pick in the draft to Isaiah Thomas, Al Horford, Gordon Hayward. How many stars do you have on your team now? Four. Guess what? The East isn't broken anymore. Pick. They may trade that first pick, too. For what? For, I mean that seriously. For another premier player. And, and who might that be? <clears throat> I mean, would. it's a legitimate question. Yeah. Paul George? I think at this point the the everybody wanting to trade for Carmelo Anthony, I think that's I think that's over with. Jimmy Butler could probably be had for that number one overall pick. So you have to look at it if if you're Danny Ainge and kind of figure out what kind of you know stew you're brewing, mm-hmm. what kind of chemistry you're looking for. But that number one pick in this draft, where you've got two or three legitimate franchise guys, and in my mind, that's Josh Jackson. 
Jason Tatum, Markel Fools. And you notice that I intentionally left Lonzo Ball out of that mix. And if the Lakers take him, they will regret it for 10 years. But that – should be, that should be the kind of vision that these knuckleheads out there with a microphone in front of their mouths have. It's going to happen. Boston's got plenty of cap space. They can make this happen. And whether they trade the number one or they make the number one pick, assuming they get it right, they're going to – I have no doubt they're going to add Gordon Hayward. Hey, anybody in the room know what's left on Al Horford's deal? Like how many more years? This was his first year I think he's got. Three more? I want to say it was a four-year deal. I'm yeah. almost positive it was a four-year deal. $26.5 million for Al Horford. Hey. Did and you well, not but, watch the finals? Well, I mean, I think he's a fine player, but really? Well, here's the deal is that as the salary cap keeps growing exponentially, that's not even a bad contract right now. I mean, you're looking at guys like Chris Paul that are going to cash in and make 50. Is yeah, Al Horford worth, worth half what you got to pay Chris Paul? Yeah. That's just the way that the 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 NBA players wanted the the Four years. collective bargaining agreement. So he's got three years left. Yep, Is four years, one hundred and thirteen million. He signed for. All right, so you've got Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, you've got Horford. We assume that Gordon Hayward is headed there, and then you've got the number one pick in the draft, whether it be a college player they bring in or whether they parlay that into a Paul George, Jimmy Butler. DeAndre Jordan would be an interesting one for me. Well, they say Danny Ainge is ready to blow it up that maybe Isaiah Thomas won't be there. Shut they might up, use Trent. what they got. I, I'm, I'm reading it. No, Being listen, a Celtics I fan, I, I use what they have, him having his year he used. Well, you're right. And trade for whatever, whether it's draft Sell picks high. or somebody else. Yep. Sell high. Because I, I who's going to build off of a 5'9 point guard? Man, I'm going to tell you what. Somebody would fall in love. And they might be able to make that happen. And I'm with you because I look at Isaiah Thomas. He's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Man, you just hit on it. You can't build a team around a 5'9 mm-hmm. point guard. So those are the type of questions. But if they do, you have to assume he's going to maintain something akin to the level he's played at this year. Mm-hmm. Al Horford, we agree, is not a superstar in this league, but he's a doggone good player when he decides to show up. And they can add two more components he's 30 there. Year, so, he's 30 years old, too. Who, I mean, Horford? Yeah. I mean, I might be crazy, but I might take Horford over Love. Ooh, you bumped your head, buddy. I don't know. He can put up the points. He's a, he's he averages a double double. T Nichols, I've never. T Nichols says the most brilliant stuff on this he does. radio show. <laughs> I'm go- I just forgot everything smart he ever said. No, 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 Horford no, no. over Love, really. No, but then, no look. I, I might have. I might before this season. I might have considered Horford over Love. I don't know, buddy. That's a reach. Al Horford, 6'10", 30 years old, $26.5 million. Ainge has got to have some kind of game plan if we're going to talk about Celtics. And I agree with T. Nichols. Isaiah Thomas can't be in the plans. Like, they stand around and watch this guy shoot, right? Then – Game four was an anomaly. He went out, and then everybody got – it was like a gut check. Everybody played loose, and they beat Cleveland. Okay. But that's the thing, that he wasn't on the court. That's right. They actually won the game, and I just don't – I'm. you can't add him as a role player or shooting guard. So if, if you're in Danny Ainge's seat 
What's the price? What what gets Isaiah Thomas out of Boston? What's it take? Throw me a name. Throw me a pick. Funny that you know Sacramento's got multiple number ones. Would they want him back? Yeah, you might do. You'd take a low a low number one. Really? Yeah. No, I don't think I can do that, buddy. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna take a, a player. I don't know. You man. go. You make a run at Kyle Lowry. Take over that that point, and you trade Thomas for whatever. Well, whatever you can make of. Hold it. up now. How much is Isaiah Thomas making this year? It's Estimate it for me. Six point five million. Yeah. See, that's that's where his value's at. But how much? How many years? How many years left have? on the deal, Brandon? I don't know that. I don't okay. know that. All right, they have plenty of cap space to go get a max contract. They though. do. They, they can do. go get a max contract, so, and they're going to do it with Gordon Hayward. But if you go get Hayward, and you it, now all of a sudden you're trying to parlay Isaiah Thomas into another max contract, the cap space goes away really quickly. Well, and Isaiah, that's what I'm saying. Isaiah Thomas, in my eyes, is not a superstar in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I. I I don't believe that. I think he is a very good player. He had a very good year. He's exciting to watch. He's fun. He's good for the league. He inspires short kids cross country. (laughs) However, I'm with you. You can't build a franchise around him. However, you bring Gordon Hayward in, and whoever that first pick in the draft is, you can build a team around them, and Isaiah Thomas becomes a critical component of that and is sort of the Clay Thompson of that foursome. Because you said, here's the the question I have for you. You said, well, I'll take Al Horford over Kevin Love. If you say that, I might take Al Horford over Draymond Green. I might take Clay Thompson over uh, Isaiah. Ooh. I would. So, but I I mean, because Brad Stevens and the Boston Celtics do not, they don't want to have to rely on him to score all the points. Their whole offense is different when Isaiah Thomas is on the – they want to play a team ball. They want to be a, a rugged, defensive-minded team. And Isaiah Thomas, you know, they kind of de- defer to him. But when he wasn't there, all of a sudden you got smart. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. They're strong, and then there's Army Strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. 
right, we're back. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Trent Nichols hanging out, talking about more NBA than we planned to. But uh, well, the guy's making some excellent points. And Trent, I've never seen him get animated like he that. He got fired up. He about came across the table on me. That was pretty cool. He got a little fired up. We were talking about hey. Isaiah Thomas, how he fits in. You know where he needs to stay away from, though? Charlotte. Dude. He's just small enough for Kelvin. Dude. Kelvin Benjamin would eat him like a little snack. I don't know if you saw this. <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin reported in overweight today as a receiver, and he would just use What do you weigh in at? I didn't see, but he, Cause he's, he's a big guy. He's a big dude, but he's still got a little bit down there. Well, like, he's so. waiting on Greg Olson to retire so he can just slide over to tight end. Okay. They don't well, have to run as far down the field. That he might knows work. what he's doing. All right, so we're talking about the construction of super teams, and we and we got to the whole Boston Celtics thing, and that was one of the primary points I wanted to make. Yep. Second thing is, though, let's look at San Antonio. All right, San Antonio's sitting out there, and doggone all of y'all that are talking trash about LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge is one of the premier big men in the NBA, and I don't care what anybody says. Okay. Yes, he disappears for extended periods of time. So does everybody else. You know, those that don't are your superstars in the league. But Kawhi Leonard, when we talk about the best players in the NBA, it's my belief that he is 1A to LeBron James's 1. When you talk in terms of what he can do on both ends of the floor and his leadership ability and his focus, his willingness to go the extra mile, I think Kawhi Leonard is the second best player in the NBA. You take that, you pair him up with LaMarcus Aldridge, and going into this season, their big three was Tony Parker. Yep. The whispers are starting. You've heard them, haven't you, B? Well, Trent, can you whisper in our ears like he said earlier? He's going to the Spurs. Wow. (laughs) Wow. The whispers about Chris Paul have started. Chris Paul is a free agent at the end of the year. Let's make sure we – Trent, you got a pen to take notes with. Let's do some cipher in here. Okay. Because all weekend I heard these blowhards, well, he'll leave $50 million on the table if he goes to San Antonio. If Paul signs with the Clippers because of the bird rules and the convoluted system that the NBA has become, he can sign for five years $205 million. Everybody tracking that? Okay. I'm listening. If he signs with somebody else, he can only sign for four years, $152 million. Mm-hmm. Now, one's a four-year contract, one's a five-year contract. What's the difference between the two of those? $53 million. $53 million. So the talking heads are all right. He'd be leaving $50 million on the table. $53 million to be exact. <clears throat> all right. Now... Let's do a little let's do a little ciphering. <laughs> ciphering. <laughs> How much per year would he make on a five year deal if he stays with the Clippers? Come on, work with me. It's a bunch. Fifty million and change. Okay? Is everybody tracking that? Yes, fifty million and change. So you've got the opportunity to make fifty million dollars a year. If he signs someplace else on a four-year deal, that's $152 million. That comes out to $38 million a year, right? 
So the difference between the two, you're looking at a $12 million a year difference in the deal. Right. If Chris Paul signs with the Clippers versus signs someplace else, it's a lot of cheese, right? It's cheese. So sure. it's a done deal, right? Nah. Why not? Income tax, dog. What's the what's the highest income tax rate in the state of California? Anybody know? Isn't it like thirteen some odd percent? Thirteen point three percent. This is where I need your cipher, in Trent. Yeah. We determined $50 million on this contract. Mm-hmm. What's $50 million divided by 1.33 or 1.133? 44. $44 million. That's not right. You jacked that up. Well, hey. Anyway, I'm going to tell you what it comes out to. It comes out to a little over $36 million a year. Okay. Which means that. If he goes to San Antonio that's in the great state of Texas that has no income tax, he's going to make more money per year than he would there if he signed with the L.A. Clippers. You taught us a couple of things there. Like, what? first of that's, all— Trent can't run a calculator that no, fast. No. So he would make $41 million a year on a five-year contract, not fifty. That's where the math was wrong. Oh, my. And so then with the income tax, it's there $33 you go. million. There you, yep, go. There you go. So but my earlier. point is— Thirty-eight million a year if he goes to San Antonio. Thirty-six point one million a year if he goes if he stays in in L.A. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's not fifty million bucks being left on the table. There's about twenty-five or thirty because he has that extra year. And here's the deal: Chris Paul is not going to go to San Antonio, but it's not because of the money. Mm-hmm. It's because San Antonio recognizes they don't they don't buy for the short term. Chris Paul's not going to finish his next contract. I promise you that. Not playing at the level he is today. I've been listening to you, and all I could kind of picture is you taking a math test in the sixth grade going, all right, y'all, let's do some ciphering, like trying to get other people to do your math. And you already, you know, like you can't depend on me and T. Nichols to do your math for you. <laughs> yeah. You should know better than that, son. Uh, I can't. All right, look, I'm a, look, I can't drive the show. I can't direct traffic. Okay. And run the show and do math at the same time. Okay. Where did right. Greta go? All right, John Wall. Where's Greta? All right, John Wall. I can't play with a bunch of these bombs, a <laughs> bunch of these scrubs. Greta! Krista Lambert just turned into John Wall. Nice. Now, I do think he could go to the Spurs. Okay. And how much money is enough money? Uh, that's the question. That's the question because what Chris Paul, if San Antonio indeed is interested, and at this point Chris Paul has been tampered with enough to know whether San Antonio wants to make an offer like that. Right. They say, well, it's a wink and a nod between he and the Clippers that he's going to resign for $5 million, $205 million. The question is, if that money is on the table from San Antonio, should Chris Paul do it? Me personally, I think he should because I think that the, that the Clippers have already proven to us that with Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, they cannot get to a championship and win. Well, I'm just thinking about switching over to the football. Odell Beckham Jr. got this crazy shoe deal. At one point, is it enough money? Like when you get into the 50s of millions of dollars, do you just want to have a little bit of legacy? The the knock on Chris Paul is that everybody says he can't win. Why not go to the Spurs in a winning culture? 
you got Manu Ginobili. Hopefully, Pop can talk him getting off the books with yes. his fourteen million. That's that would be pivotal. Is they'd have to get Manu off the books, get that fourteen mil off. But here's what Stephen A. Smith had to say about a prospective Chris Paul move, and we've already had one of my favorite genius commentators out there. Why not indulge me and listen to another one? Because what he had to say about Chris Paul. Now, this is a Spurs team that had Tony Parker been healthy and Kawhi Leonard been able to finish that series, I don't think anybody was willing to give it to Golden State. Kawhi's obviously going to be back next year. The rest of that team stays intact. If you were to take Chris Paul and replace Tony Parker with Paul, that's a better team. So how now all of a sudden is it just doesn't matter? You know what happens when you have that kind of mindset and you're blind and you just want to have a hot take? You're O for the last six on finals predictions. Did <laughs> you see you? the SI article on Stephen A. Smith the other no, day? No. He's missed every single NBA finals prediction since 2011. And that guy makes $3 million a year. You know what ESPN, get at me no because I'll do it for a fraction. I would love to see Stephen A. in a spelling contest, like mm. him pronouncing all the words <laughs> and asking people to put that's, it in a That's sense. why he doesn't talk about hockey, because he cannot. He would not have any idea how to pronounce any of those guys' names. No. Dude, I get so sick of him yelling and having to have a hot take. We talked about the death of sports radio. Guy, how can you say if you take the most efficient – this is this is mathematical here, and you know I'm a numbers guy – Chris Paul, most efficient point guard in the history of the NBA. And you put him on a team where he doesn't have to be the number one option on offense. Blake Griffin is another one of those guys that's a glorified role player. There's never been a time in Blake Griffin's NBA career where you said, Blake, we need a shot. You're our guy. You can't ISO the guy in a a critical moment. He doesn't have a jumper to speak of. He's a nice player on the wing. He finishes with the best all time. DeAndre Jordan is a premier big man. Yep. But he's limited. The fact that he shoots about 4% from the free throw line (laughs) gives other teams a weapon that they use over and over and over again. So I think that if Chris Paul comes to the Spurs, I think the Spurs are legit immediately top shelf. I agree. Yeah. Okay. I don't think the Spurs do that deal. Yeah. Because, well, it's the his thing knees. Is, if they have to do $152 million and they trimmed their whole roster down to Kawhi Leonard, LaMarcus Aldridge, Danny Green, Paul Gasol, and Tony Parker, they would still have to get rid of two of those oh, guys. Oh, no. Paul, Paul would be gone. Paul would be gone. Powell's stealing they money would say at this he point. He would have to yes. opt out and they could dump Tony Parker. Well, that's what they could I dump mean, to Tony Parker. There. I'm, I'm, I have a sneaking suspicion Tony Parker might find his way into retirement this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that he's going to want to try to come back from that knee. I don't know. We'll see how that shakes they, they up. They still have to get Joel Anthony's 346000 <laughs> off the books. Well, there is that. There is that. That's amazing. He's that going the, to Boston. That the low earner 
on the back on the bottom, at the end of the bench is making 350k a year. That's unbelievable. ESPN, get at me. All right, so we've got two more free agents on that premier list that we talked about. So let me make sure my math is good here. Oh. We talked about KD. <laughs> we talked about that. <laughs> we talked about KD. We talked about Curry, and we'll talk about the rest of them in about three and a half minutes. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkin. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. They're strong, and then there's Army Strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Now, from the cheap seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, and Trent Nichols. We're still talking NBA, and this has gone on. Oh, we man, we we're gonna have to do eight shows this week to get everything in that we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how this works, if you're listening to us on WBLZ, you're not familiar with the show, check us out on SoundCloud. From the Cheap Seats, everything we've ever done is out there in this this little iteration, this idea. And uh, if you like the show, send us a shout-out. Hit us on email at CheapSeatRadio at gmail.com. That's CheapSeatRadio at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook, From the Cheap Seats. You can find us at... Cheap Seat Radio, and um, yeah, if we don't, if you don't like it, hit us up anyway and lie to us, please. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> if you've got something you want to hear us opine about, please feel free. We'll make you a part of the show. Um, we don't do this live; we record it ahead of time. But uh, we would be more than happy to include your content and comments. Uh, this is our first week on WBLZ. We're proud to be a part of this network, and uh, you know, we hope we're living up to the the high standards set by the network that bills themselves as we've got balls. 
I like that. <laughs> That's pretty solid. You got my attention. All right, I said before the break, there are six premium free agents in this class. KD, Steph Curry, who aren't going anywhere. They're right. going to stay there with the Warriors and, and keep that thing intact. We talked about Chris Paul. We talked about Gordon Hayward. We 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 all agree. I think you and you and I'm, I'm cool consensus. With so Gordon Hayward's yep. going to be a Celtic. Well, maybe we'll see. Dude, just for the purposes, get off the fence, bro. Well, you just, we're kind of is seeing, he going to stay in Utah? We're kind of seeing some support uh, reports that he might go in somewhere else. But. Where? No, no, no. Talk about it. T. Nichols, weren't you talking about that earlier? No. Trent said he's going to be a Celtic. What do you mean? Oh, it's Gordon Celtic. Hayward. Was that Gordon? You were taking your nap. Okay, yeah, I was taking my nap. Never mind. <laughs> I was dreaming about T. Nichols. Oh, no, we are talking about Kyle Lowry. Kyle yeah, Lowry. Yeah, that, that's where we hadn't got to that. before. All right, so Thank we've got – All right, KD, Curry, Chris Paul, who I think is going to stay home with the Clippers. I think it's a mistake, but I don't think the Spurs, which are perhaps one of the few teams that could lure him out of there, I don't think they're going to pull the trigger because of number five on that list of free agents – Kyle Lowry makes a whole lot more sense for the Spurs. Kyle Lowry is a guy that may actually play out this next contract that he gets. Kyle's looking at this at the landscape up there in Toronto. It's gonna suck if he leaves because he's the guy that lobbied DeMar Rosen to stay, but he and DeMar Rosen are not gonna win anything in the East. They're gonna win the opportunity to get their behinds kicked by the Cavaliers for the foreseeable future and probably that Boston team that's really doing some things out there and probably even Washington who's who, you know got some things working out there. Kyle Lowry to the Spurs makes a whole lot more sense to me. Guys, your thoughts? Well, I I think it would to me I would like him to go to the Spurs, but like we were talking about, I mean, there are grumblings now that the Sixers may be the team. If and Kyle Lowry goes to the Sixers, <laughs> He needs to have his freaking head examined. That's basketball hell. And they're thinking that he might get out of the East, get away from LeBron, and where he possibly could land would be the L.A. Lakers. I don't think the Lakers pull the trigger on that. I think that Kyle Lowry is too much like D'Angelo Russell. I understand the thought that, okay, we could bring in Lonzo Ball, let Lonzo run at the two a little bit, have Lonzo run the point some. I think that D'Angelo Russell, who is a good, solid young player and is cheap, 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 I don't know that there's enough benefit in Kyle Lowry going there. I also think that the Lakers are a year away because Paul George, if they wait, if they're patient, Paul George will sign with the Lakers next year. Mm -hmm. They've got to wait that out. You've got Paul George, DeMarcus Cousins, and some guys coming down the pipe that to me would be a whole lot better fit for that team that they've built there in L.A. We'll see what kind of patience and, and long-term strategy Magic has to do. But it's an interesting thought, and it wouldn't be a bad pickup. But at that point, D'Angelo Russell, you've got to be thinking that they're dealing him somewhere. And yeah. he has value. And they're know. talking about that now, that Magic well, might blow up some of these young kids to, to get that Paul George and start building off of what he needs. Why? Why, why bother blowing out those young kids? You wait a year, you can have Paul George. Paul George has never made any bones about the fact he wants to go play in L.A. Mm -hmm. He wants to be a Laker. He's one year away. If they're patient, they'll get Paul George, and they don't have to blow out any of those young kids. You know, it, it hasn't reaped any short-term benefits, but Randall and um, your boy from Duke, 
come on, man. We can't both forget at the I same time. I try to time. forget all the dude. I try to forget <laughs> all the big players. LA stockpiled good young talent. And I, I don't think that you blow that up. I think you go ahead and use the second pick, maybe sign you a mid tier free agent, but hold on till next year. Or, you know, go ahead and deal picks. But I, I don't I don't know. I don't know that you need to do that. They're, why be in any hurry? They're not gonna win a championship next year. And I'm sure that Magic Johnson doesn't have any interest in, you know, being a six or a seven seed and going out in the first or second round. That's not the goal in L.A. Mm-hmm. They're building for championships. I say hold off a year and sign either Paul George or DeMarcus Cousins. Or if you can manipulate the cap, and they may be able to because they got a ton of space, why not bring them both in? Well, I mean, why, like, um, with the Lakers – in like our current environment where you can get money and you can get endorsements in literally any city in the United States, the Lakers have lost lost that advantage other than them being like, you know, they have this history of winning, but so does the San Francisco 49ers and they're not great right now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so if you can get the shoe deal and the endorsement deals basically anywhere why rush it why won't you what's the kid's name that we love uh jason out of dude jason tatum jason tatum if he is there laker fans you dude, had best take this if kid you pass on tatum and you take lonzo ball i'm telling you now there will be a 30 for 30 special on you yep 20 years from now yep I swear. <laughs> They're going to be playing this. Do not pass on Jada's, Jason Tatum and take Lonzo Ball. Don't take a player that shoots from his belt buckle <laughs> over Jason Tatum. And no. I can't believe more people aren't talking about Jason Tatum's game. Is it because you got Grayson it, Allen and it's a bigger story at Duke and they didn't make it that far? I mean, what? The thing right now is that we're on finals overload. And, and the, the, the adults haven't sat down at the table and really <laughs> analyzed this draft class. So what about, I mean, so what you're talking about is why Paul George, Kevin Love, and Russell West, Westbrook are all from California. So if you had a scholarship offer from Syracuse or to play at Carolina, where would you go? Ultimately, it may not be – it's not about endorsements. It's not about the money. It's about I grew up loving the L.A. Lakers. I want to be that guy that gets them back to the And that's why Paul George is going to sign with the Lakers. Yes. So why burn capital? You only have so many resources at your disposal. Be patient. The risk is – Somebody else throws that money to him. So Dude, trade for him now. Have, that's the that's the look, gamble. Trade for George now and build your piece one year earlier. I, I just I, I don't see it happening. Yeah. I mean Paul George, we, we can pretend that there are no conversations going on behind closed doors and that representatives don't talk to organizations, but they do. Mm-hmm. Paul George wants to be a Laker. There's nobody that disputes that fact. The Lakers want Paul George to come on over there too. Now, Indiana's got an interesting plight on their hands, and maybe that's why Larry Bird stepped down because he sees a train wreck going. (laughs) The whole rest of the league understands Paul George is not going to re-sign with them. It's a foregone conclusion he's going to be a Laker, so why give up anything? And They should have worked hard to deal him at the break this year, Mm -hmm. and they decided they wanted to hold on so that they could go out in the first round of the playoffs. Congratulations. Okay, That was your window of opportunity to get rid of Paul George and get something back. If your life 
you're on a cliff and somebody's going to – like your life is on the line here. Yeah. And they say you have a shot at Paul George signing him, paying him a bunch of money. And Jason Tatum, who do you who do you go with? In my opinion, Paul George is as a great both. player, but – as much as I love Jason Tatum and as much potential as I think he has, Paul George is a known quantity. Paul George is one of the best dozen players in the NBA. The Lakers get their chance to have both. Best dozen? I think he is. I mean, you might be right, but really, you, you can uh, back up I the think Paul George is one of the best 12 players in the NBA. So, Chris, what's to say that Boston or Cleveland, somebody needs somebody at the trade deadline this year, and they trade for George, and all of a sudden he falls in love and re-signs with them? Well, then you sign DeMarcus Cousins next year. But then L.A. lost out on I mean, Paul you're George. still the L.A. Lakers. I mean, the Lakers, the Yankees, they get to do things like that. Mm, I think it's They've got juice that other people don't. It's like Alabama sitting at your kitchen table. I don't think they do. That's why they have Magic Johnson, because they needed the juice. Back. And they have it. Because they don't have it anymore. But I think selling jerseys and is different now than getting players. Players can go back. I'm looking at, you know, <laughs> this worn-out Bengals jersey. Carson Palmer. Wow. Anyway, you can go anywhere, build your brand. The Lakers, yeah, it's kind of cool. Lonzo wants to play there. Who cares? Who cares? He's awful. That's how I feel about it, To your point, I think the Lakers should take their time. Paul George, to me, is like a really good player, but he's kind of plateaued. That's the face of your friend. The Lakers? If if, To use your point, that's Paul George is the face of the Lakers. Really? Nah. I mean – I think you wait, you go through the draft like they're doing right now, you make smart decisions, magic is involved now. Don't don't try to blow it up and pay some, one player that okay. – What did Magic Chief, Johnson do when he bought the Dodgers? To. He traded and blew up their payroll and got – he basically got all the Boston Red right. Sox. It was a good-looking team on paper and it yep. didn't translate. Yep. Here's the thing that we're, we were just talking about and you've forgotten already – the, the goal in the NBA with these general managers at this point is not to figure out how to get one superstar and build a team around them. The thought probably, you have to be more creative than that. You have to figure out how to compile three or four stars and build around them. If you know that you have an ace in the hole like Paul George, you've got to give max contracts to somebody at this point. Yeah. And as they go forward, they've got Brandon Ingram. They've got Julius Randle. They've got D'Angelo Russell. Those are three young horses one of whom may become that, they've got the second pick in the draft. They have to get that right. If they don't, they're going to be picking second or third again next year. Jason Tatum, to me, get him. Lonzo Ball is such a crapshoot. I just don't see that that's the guy. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. 
You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to Inside the NBA. Oh, wait a minute. I mean, From the Cheap Seats. Um, I don't know. We started out uh, wanted to cover a lot of ground. We got to squeeze a lot into this last segment. You're listening to Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Trent Nichols. We talked a lot of NBA, talked uh, potential draft scenarios. Uh, we covered free agency already and, and kind of got in the time machine. There's a lot of other stuff going on. Trent, real quick. I know you're a big hockey guy. Yeah. You live and breathe hockey. Nashville got beaten game one by the Penguins. I say Nashville wins that thing in five. What say you? I I agree. I think that that first goal that was called back was insane. I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, Nashville, you look at them tomorrow night. They're going to go out there. If they score a goal, they will shut them down. Pittsburgh is not what Pittsburgh used to be. They will win in five. And Nashville is fun, 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 fun to watch. Um, that's what hockey should look like. Wide open. That would save hockey um, instead of people telling you, as they do, well, I tune in you know, for the playoffs. I'll talk a little hockey. He stood on his head, five hole. Yeah, Peke <laughs> Rene. Actually, Peke Rene had his second bad game of the playoffs. Yeah. He's been insane standing on his head every single night and he won't do that again well i hope that i don't have to see another destroyed half of a catfish get <laughs> on the ice again did you see that fish I did. oh yeah. my god that was disgusting and he's who carried that into the arena is what <laughs> i want to know that, that should be insanity if he goes to court and say i oh plead insanity god. i held that in my pants oh it wasn't just a catfish it was awful i don't even want to know what he was doing to that catfish oh, oh geez so the drama about it is is what i'm really rooting for is pk suban winning a stanley cup the year after montreal traded him to Nashville just to be like Montreal rub it in your face buddy I think that's already happened that's the drama the love I love it yeah well the Stanley Cup one way or the other is coming back to America the Penguins to be defending champions you know it was funny to me in the in the uh, conference championship against against um Ottawa. Ottawa. Yep. How everybody sort of aligned themselves as anti-Ottawa. Oh, they're fakers. They're pretenders. You know, they're clutching. You know, they don't have any business being in this. They were kind of the consummate underdog. Isn't that who we usually get behind? You know, you made the analogy before we came on, Trent, that, you know, what if the Jacksonville Jaguars played New England in the conference championship in the AFC? Everybody in America would be a Jaguar fan. Mm-hmm. But because Ottawa was pushing it, maybe it's the difference between – Sports that we care about and sports that we don't, I don't know. Maybe it's the difference between a series where we assume always that it's going to be the better team that overcomes versus a one-game type situation, and it's like anything can happen. I don't know, but it was bizarre to watch. 
Um, Nashville, though, to me, head and shoulders above Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh got some breaks. I don't think they can come up with enough offense to hold Nashville off the rest of the way. We'll see. All right. Over the weekend, lots of racing. Mm -hmm. Memorial Day weekend has become the home not only for the Indy 500, but also the Coca-Cola 600. Um, The Coca-Cola 600 is a contrived um, drama, fake drama. I don't even know what to call it. It's crap. (laughs) They've got these stages that you win now, and and the way they've done this whole thing with championship points and the race for the cup and all that nonsense. NASCAR can't understand why they're dying on the vine ratings-wise. It's because they have gotten away from what works, and they've decided they don't want to embrace greatness you know, during the heyday of NASCAR, it was Dale Earnhardt, then Jeff Gordon, who dominated, and that was okay for the sport. It didn't matter that the Winston Cup points total, you know, series was over six or seven races in, and it was obvious that Gordon was going to win another championship. People tuned in. They wanted to see that kind of dominance. This created drama is bad sports. It doesn't make for good TV, but it does make for some of the best press conferences of all time. This weekend, for anybody that wasn't watching, Austin Dillon won the Coca-Cola 500. Austin Dillon is the grandson of Richard Childress, who with Dale Earnhardt built a racing team Mm -hmm. and was as much a part of the legend as Earnhardt himself. When Dale died, they retired number three. Mm -hmm. Richard Childress trotted this number three back out for his own grandson, and there are a lot of people that don't like it. There's also an awful lot of people out there say Austin Dillon wouldn't have a ride if he wasn't Richard Childress's grandson. Whatever. Kyle Busch, who may harbor some of that animosity, may have just been frustrated with his own crew, gave the best press conference I've ever heard when he was asked about the finish of the race. Man, were you surprised that Austin could stretch it on fuel? And then, I mean, what mean do you think for Austin to get his first one? I'm not surprised about anything. Congratulations. Any other questions for Kyle? <laughs> there were no other questions for Kyle because he got up and left. And the clunk that you heard there at the end was him throwing the mic down on the desk. 22 seconds in total, his press conference before he walked out. Kyle Bush has always been a punk. And he showed his punkishness again. Yeah. Well, he gambled on fuel, right? That's what he lost did. him the race? No, 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 no. He didn't gamble. Austin didn't Dillon gamble. gambled on fuel. Gotcha. He and Jimmy Johnson gambled. Jimmy Johnson ran out of lap and a oh, half before Jimmy the Johnson. end. Yeah. Austin Dillon did not have one of the best cars in the race. Kyle Busch was coming for him. And had he had another lap or two, he would have caught him. Well, and I think Kyle Busch, because that's kind of the way his mind works, he wants to blame somebody else. I think he's blaming his crew for not letting him gamble. I don't know. But one way or the other, was not happy that Austin Dillon won the well, race. Well, the last time I gambled on fuel, I was like 16. <laughs> <laughs> I put like 69 cents into the tank. And <laughs> we are ciphering, up, right? Exactly, ciphering. Yeah. A buck will do. But, but you, know, you were bringing up, just real quick, about why the sport's losing viewership. It's like this – there's this honor in that nobody else understands about him having number three. You got Kyle Busch. Sounds like sour grapes. Nobody else cares. Casual fans That's right. look at this. Why would I want to watch that? This guy's like throwing the microphone down because somebody else stepped in and actually took, you know, beat some of the best, you know, race car drivers in the sport, right? So instead of celebrating that win, a lot of people looking at it sort of sideways. But NASCAR 
doesn't get that they have screwed up their product for the loyal fans, and the rest of us out here don't give a damn. Yeah, and I have no idea. The points system no, now, have, and now no it's idea. negative points, and I I just watch. Like, watch whatever, race, dude. Maybe. One of those cars. I, whatever. Now, punk move by Kyle Busch. Here's, yeah, he's punk. Here's a quiz. You didn't know there no, was going to be a quiz today. Not Go a ahead. punk move because, A, it was in Charlotte, so he thought he was Cam Newton or Ron Rivera. Okay. 22 seconds, that's it? That's all I he like has to that. do. Walk out. I like that. All right, here, <laughs> quiz for you guys. Okay. This weekend, Hunter Strickland threw it Bryce, at Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to 2014, Harper homer off him twice. Apparently there was a stare down, little animosity between these guys. Fast forward three years, Hunter Strickland hadn't forgotten, <laughs> caught into a game and throws at Harper. Harper charges the mound. Buster Posey, superstar catcher for the Giants, Doesn't is move. like, I'm out. <laughs> And lets it unfold. So we're talking about punk moves. My question to you guys: Who's the biggest punk in this equation? Strickland for throwing at Harper, Harper for charging the mound, or Posey for saying, "I ain't in it." I think it's tied between Kyle Busch and Strickland. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you that this is why. This is another sport that's losing viewership. And it's because of this honor system. Like, you can't flip a bat. You're you're missing it, though. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, first of all, Bryce Harper, anytime you're in town, I can teach you how to throw your helmet at the Ah. person. Like, you (laughs) wound up. Like... You wound up like the something was going to happen, and it just took, I don't know, it was like a boomerang. Yeah. It went off right. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something right now. And Bryce Harper is a big, strong, strapping young man. Yeah. However, let me, let me tell you something. Bryce Harper has been a superstar athlete since he was a child, a prodigy. So he's been coddled. Fake tough. Dude, Look, when, after he Bryce Harper that, had never been in a real fight in his life. No, he he ran up on Strickland and Strickland stuck him really fast. Him. But then he yeah. like recovered. You yeah. know, he's got his hair back in a little hairband. <laughs> but he recovered. He's got a jaw. He recovered. He hit. A Strickland. lot of people. It's said one thing Harper though to go into fight. a fight knowing this is legit, and another one to know I've got about three seconds before everybody swarms and grabs hold of us. Of course, he is assuming that Buster Posey was going to get yeah. hands on him. And Buster's like, uh-uh, I ain't in it. You hit him after three years, you deal with that. Well, like, and the thing is, and the, the talk is, well, Buster Posey didn't go out there because Buster Posey's looking at it saying, well, you know, I'm the one that's going to get hit, not you. Dude, you're talking about baseball, and you're not a baseball guy. Baseball, we look at it, and we're trying to figure out why are home run numbers up? Why is offense up? Well, it's because batters can hang over the plate and wear these, you know, these stormtrooper pads on their arms and these face guards and everything else, and they have taken away the ability of pitchers to get them off the plate. There used to be repercussions. Bob Gibson made a, a living, a Hall of Fame career out of knocking people off the plate. Yeah. Sandy Koufax, that's what that was part of the ball game. Now we're so sensitive. Oh, don't you dare throw at me. And then Joe Torrey, maybe he's the fourth punk in this equation, doling out um crap suspensions. Yeah. Dude, let it play out. Brawls are the best part of baseball. And and not the best part, but they're they're one of those things that we grew up with. It's one of the things that baseball fans love. You're killing our game. The intentional walks going away. 
you know, the really, I don't think I ever tuned out of a game because I didn't want to wait for somebody to throw four intentional <laughs> yeah. balls to put somebody on first base. Well, just You've got the, the clock on the pitching coach now. These things, you're fooling with a game that was perfect. It was America's pastime. And, yes, I get that you're upset because football is kicking your behind. Stop fooling with my game. Yeah, but, Chris, three years ago, yeah. In the postseason, oh. you hit two home runs. Dang. What's I mean, the statute of limitations, it's usually the game after. They come after you, and you know you're going to get hit. Bryce Harper went up to the plate, and in his little interview, he was like, I didn't really think nothing of it. And then all of a sudden, when I got hit, I was like, well, that was intentional. So had it been and three then, weeks ago that, that Bryce Harper hit two homers off of him. He would have expected it, and he and wouldn't have been a thing. He wouldn't have fought. <laughs> You know three what? years. From, I'm gonna hit I you. I like it, dude. I like it. I might not get you tomorrow. Three years from now, I got you. You better not fall. This asleep. is the first time. Apparently, though, this is the first yeah. time he faced him in three years, I know, and he's been sitting waiting. I got some for you, Bryce. I got some for you. I'm gonna knock that air gel right out of you. Harper said he does have a World uh, World Series ring, so he can sit and think of that all night. All right, thanks for hanging out. We hope you've enjoyed it. WBLZ, welcome to from the Cheap Seat Nation. We'll see you next week. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show.